thank you so much. Thank you for keeping it real and keeping me on my toes. I'll bring more butter. I'll bring the butter next time. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Nadira Goff, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And today we are joined by none other than Nadira, culture writer extraordinaire and one of my absolute favorite people at Slate.com. Nadira, I've been trying to get you on the show for what feels like months now. Welcome. Thank you. I've been trying to come on the show for what feels like months now. We're finally here. We've finally done it. If you've read Slate, which you like definitely should, you've probably run across Nadira's byline. She's read most recently about Kiki Palmer, the Beyonce Khalees drama, and our favorite show on television, Abbott Elementary. But for those of y'all who are unfamiliar with Nadira, I thought we'd play a little game to get us like warmed up, introduce us to the dynamic, which is going to be chaotic because we do actually like each other. <laughs> Nadira, are you ready? Uh, as Nicole would say, that's my mother. I was born ready. <laughs> we love Nicole in this house. We do. And now it's time to play Fuck, Mary Kill. If you haven't heard of this game, basically we give each other three thirst objects and we have to pick which one we'd fuck which we'd marry, and which we'd kill. And importantly, Nadir and I have not actually shared our list before recording. Nadir, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so your trio is, of course, 6'5 actor Lee Pace, Uh, Winston Duke, uh, (laughs) and I kind of broke the rules a little bit here, and I went for an animated character, Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> I know exactly who you asked about this. I'm screaming. I hate <laughs> Listen, phone a friend, y'all. Phone a friend. I can't handle this. Okay, just because in the animated show Avatar The Last Airbender, which is where Zuko comes from, he is like a teenager. I'm going to assume he's perfectly in that stasis. So I'm going to kill Zuko because I'm not a, I'm not a child predator. Mm-hmm, I fell fair. in love with him when I was 16. So it was appropriate. Actually, I think I was maybe 14. So when I loved him, it was fine. Fair. All right. Okay. I think I'm going to marry Winston Duke because I just want to gaze upon those thighs for the rest of my life, to be completely honest. Exactly. And then I think, I mean, obviously, I, I'll take one for the team and fuck Lee Pace. It's going to be so hard for me personally to do that. <laughs> Not take one for the team. I'll take one for the team, obviously. <laughs> yes, because it's such a burden on you, isn't it? I know. It really, it's such a burden. Such a burden. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're fucking 6'5 actor Lee Pace. You're uh-huh. marrying Winston Duke. And you're killing yes. Zuko. You're killing oh. Zuko. Hasn't he been through enough? I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm actually upset right now. <laughs> this was physically painful for me. <laughs> mm. But you know what's great? It's it's now your turn. <laughs> so now you can cause me physical pain. We love. All right. So we've got Dylan O'Brien. Naturally. Channing Tatum, because I know how much his work means oh. to you. And then Dev Patel. <gasps> no. Yeah. I'm distraught. Listen. <laughs> Karma. The youth in me is just now playing through all of the step-up choreography in my head. <laughs> You're like, where would I be without that movie? Where would yes. I be without that yes. movie? Destitute. Yes. That's where. I mean, listen, you have to pick. You have okay. to pick. Okay. 
if we're talking about marrying and fucking, right? Yes. Then I then I have to kill Channing. I'm sorry. I'm Whoa. sorry, Channing. <laughs> Channing, you gave me so much. And I know that I'm not better than Zoe Kravitz, so I don't even know why, you know, why I'm saying this. You gave me so much, but I do, unfortunately, have to kill Channing. I think this may be a surprise, but I think I'm actually going to fuck Dylan and then marry Dev. I know. Whoa. Surprising. Whoa. Surprising. Whoa. I just, I just think that Dev, he's British, so I could get that he citizenship. Is. You know what? Yeah. 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 And he's like, he's, yeah. you know, he kind of stays out of the limelight. So people wouldn't That's really true. need to like try us that much. That, oh, you know Because who going right. to try me, boo? Okay. No, I mean, no one. Not me. Exactly. Wow. Well, now that we've tortured ourselves, <laughs> time to move on. That's all the time we have for fucking marrying and killing. However, that is not all the time we have for thirst because that is today's topic. Somehow in the in many months we've been doing this show, we have yet to have an episode that like kind of really dives deep into the concept, the lexicon, the ethnography of internet thirst. But we're rectifying that today. After a short break, we'll be entering the wild world of online thirst. And trust me, it is wild out there. And we'll discuss what makes a good internet thirst object. We'll also attempt to define what exactly makes a good internet boyfriend or girlfriend or they friend and talk about the ways internet thirsting can go very, very badly. More on that after a short break. And we're back. Obviously, thirst is a wide-ranging topic. We could be here for hours days if we wanted to discuss it all. We will be discussing a lot of thirst content over the course of this episode that we will tweet out. We obviously always recommend the podcast Thirst Aid Kit. But for today, to start, Nadira, do you have any recent online prime thirst for us? Always. And that is my problem. So recently... I've been enjoying Billie Eilish's Instagram posts. Ooh. They're very simple. She does a lot of photo dumps, but they're very boob forward, let's say, which <gasps> is inspiration for me personally. And, you know, just truly low-key thirst for us all. But also, listen, say what you want about Drake. But no. in true light-skinned behavior, listen, he's not <laughs> new to this. He's true to this. Okay. He's recently been posting photos and videos of him on vacation for what seems like forever. Like, is that what being rich is? Because sign me up. I think he's I hate just always on vacation. <laughs> True. But one of my recent favorites is a photo dump from a couple weeks ago where the first slide is of him shirtless and tanning outside with like pursed lips and squinted oh eye you know the face you know the uh, face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the caption is if what you say is true and not false and if i'm such a know-it-all how come i never know what the fuck you want it's laughable <laughs> but it kind of works listen it kind of works oh my god oh my god the thing is i haven't (laughs) even seen this photo and i can picture it in my head like i don't need to see this photo to see this photo you know what i mean listen it's (laughs) it's it has a template a blueprint you know (laughs) so i think at this point we would be remiss not to mention lee pays who has over the past year i would say really come into his thirst self He was really private for the first part of his career. And then he was, I think, outed against his will, which was shitty. And I think he's recovered from that. And he's now ready to be a public figure, which means he's been posting shirtless selfies in so many different locations, in the desert, in a Mm. boat, 
in a cave. My mm. man is everywhere without a shirt on. <laughs> but on August 2nd, he posted what might be my, I think, favorite set of photos that he's posted thus far. And it's from the after party from the upcoming A24 movie, Bodies, 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 which I am obsessed with. And fascinatingly, he's not actually shirtless. Instead, in one photo, he's like, kind of nestled among some like green foliage wearing a backwards hat and a just a beautifully patterned button-down shirt that I want and the next photo which is my favorite in the set he's wearing this gray like velour tracksuit and you can just see this sliver of his Celine boxers and this like there's really no skin here like you see a little like V of his chest where the tracksuit's open but just this sliver of Celine boxer it just elevates a thirst trap from horniness to art and horniness. <laughs> Listen, we stand 6'5 actively pace in this house. We do. We and do. leave it to 6'5 actively pace <laughs> to turn horniness into an art form. While there are a lot of hot people, only a handful are truly good at what I'm now dubbing as lead pacing the art of thirst and thirsting. You are right. You are right. This photo belongs in the MoMA. I mentioned this tiny peak of Lee Pace's boxers in his most recent photo set. And I think that subtlety is one of the ingredients that elevates thirst trap to art. Obviously, I will never say no to somebody bearing it all. There is this photo shoot from literally the year is ingrained in my head, 2014, of baseball player Prince Felder for ESPN's body issue where he is wearing nothing but a baseball bat and has lived rent-free in my head for almost 10 years now. But a key component of Perfect Internet Boyfriend is this kind of like cheeky, restrained awareness that you're posting a thirst trap, but you're not you're not going all in. You know, you're like just a little a little little titillation. I have been saying this forever. There's something <laughs> so sexy about leaving just a little to the imagination. But the key to internet thirsting, as you mentioned, is being aware that you're doing so. I mean, listen, if you ask me, I think that's why the word cheeky was being made, if we're being honest. I think the Brits were mm-hmm. onto something. Okay, yes. I mean they were onto something. I will not give them anything else but cheeky. They knew what they were doing with that. They did that. All right. So the next ingredient besides this like little bit of cheekiness, I don't think has anything to do with looks. I think it comes down just to like sheer charisma. You cannot want to be the internet's boyfriend, girlfriend, they friend too badly or else it's cringe. You cross over from cheeky self-awareness into overly self-aware. Perfect example, Tom Hiddleston. I love him. I just want to get that out of the way. No one come for me. I've loved him since I was 17. He wants it too badly. It's too much. I think someone who's actually good at this or an example of how to do it right is Kiki Palmer. She's always posted photos of herself in revealing clothing. She has a lot of songs that are explicitly sexual and her music videos oftentimes are sexual. But what makes everyone fall so deeply in love with her is her charisma and her charm, Mm -hmm. which you see in her Mm -hmm. interviews and in her offset content. And she's established this so well that there's literally a (laughs) compilation of other celebrities falling in love with Kiki Palmer on YouTube. (laughs) And that compilation has 4 million views. Like we're all watching people we love fall in love with Kiki Palmer. One of the clips in that video is of Timothy Chalamet. And I think we have to talk about that one because I think it is the one that just really encapsulates Kiki's just appeal. Timothy, how are you? Now, I heard your preparation for tonight was quite a production. Tell me a little bit about seeing you walking. Yeah, we did a we did a bit of a, you know, we met when we were 17, right? Wait a minute, where we met? At uh, Teen Vogue. Oh, we 
you be the young this? Hollywood shoot. Yes, exactly. Your mom was there. Oh my gosh, my mom is always with me. Shout <laughs> out to my mom. So what you're hearing here is Kiki interviewing Timothy at the 2021 Met Gala red carpet. But what you're really hearing here is Timothy falling absolutely in love when he stops his own interview to remind Kiki of how they met years ago doing a Teen Vogue photo shoot. When I tell you the way he's looking at her, you would think he has his own Kiki Stan Instagram account. Okay, I've always felt like he has consumption. It's very tuberculosis chic, but I will say the video of him with Kiki Palmer is maybe the only time I've thought, oh, I get why people like him. Because there's is a bonding mechanism. It brings us all together. And we're not simply looking at looks, though we are also doing that, mm-hmm. but the vibes too. One person who I think maybe matches Kiki in terms of energy and also just so fine. Daniel Kaluuya. Do you remember that clip of him from Good Morning America where he's flirting with Robin Roberts? I, I get butterflies in my stomach just thinking about it. Like, I'm going to be honest. Well, I'm, I'm buttering you up because can you tell us anything about Black Panther? Can you tell us a little something? something? No, I'm not. You know, you got to give me more butter, man. That's not, that's not, that's not enough butter, man. You got to come better. Oh, my God. <laughs> You better be glad we're not in the same studio together. Robin, I see you, girl. But importantly, the level of charisma he is just exuding is happening over Zoom. And having spent the last two years existing over Zoom, that is a hard thing to do. And that man did it. He really did it, though. He really, his little smirk, he knew exactly what he was doing, too. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know he did, and that's that self-awareness. So we have the charisma, the subtle self-awareness. Don't forget a British accent. Yes, correct. I don't think that's necessary, but is a great addition. Like, you know, avocado on a BLT. BLT is good without it, but the avocado elevates it. I Mm. think our next ingredient is kind of like awareness but a little bit beyond it's capitalizing on a moment and i think we can both agree that a phenomenal recent example of this one is none other than your fave dylan o'brien take it away nadira so dylan o'brien first popped up on the thirst scene of course when he played styles in teen wolf and Mm -hmm. already his charisma and humor made him hotter than all the other men on the show who, I'm sorry, but had literal scripted scenes where they had to yep. be shirtless and were running mm-hmm. around with six packs turning into wolves. But he was hotter. <laughs> so forget them. Yeah. And then it's he true. filmed the action trilogy, The Maze Runner. But after that and after an onset accident, he sort of disappeared from the main scene for a while. Mm. But baby, my baby is back. OK. <laughs> after a video surfaced of him dancing shirtless in a crowd this April at Coachella, Dylan O'Brien tweeted, one simple two-word phrase that sent the girlies running a literal muck. That two-word phrase was simply slut era. And since then, Dylan O'Brien has been seen having fun with friends, being goofy, twerking on walls offbeat, but still twerking on walls in promotion for his recent film. But nothing, absolutely nothing, I promise you, compares (laughs) to my favorite ever Dylan O'Brien tweet. In March of 2021, a fan responded to one of Dylan's promotional tweets. He was promoting a Netflix movie at the time. The Mm -hmm. fan responded with just, purr. And all he said in response (laughs) was one very powerful word, (laughs) which was, behave. This singular tweet (laughs) fed the Dylan stands for months, and it's still feeding me. It's still feeding me. One of our mutual friends got me this tweet literally printed on a mug for my birthday. And I almost was brought to tears. 
I was going to say, I think I've seen this tweet more often on your Instagram stories than I have in any other context. <laughs> it's a meme for me now. I have it screenshot and saved on my phone in a special folder. All right. So we've got charisma, looks, subtlety, and capitalizing on a moment. The perfect ingredients for an internet boyfriend. We're making the Powerpuff Girls here, except it's the internet boyfriend, girlfriend, they friend. But I will say the last thing, which is capitalizing on a moment, makes me wonder, and I've had this question for a while, is internet thirst ephemeral? Can anyone be a permanent internet boyfriend, girlfriend, they friend? Like, obviously, we both have people we've been thirsting over for years, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the widespread recognition that someone is a thirst object. Right. When they become the thirst object, not just Mm -hmm. a personal thirst object. After a short break, we're going to attempt to answer that question of whether the fleeting nature of someone's spot in the thirst sun is what makes this all so fun. Okay, Dr. Seuss. (laughs) This is the book you should not be giving to your children. (laughs) And of course, we have to talk about when that thirsty fun becomes not so fun. (laughs) And we're back talking about thirst expiration dates. Before the break, we determined the necessary ingredients for an internet boyfriend, girlfriend, they friend, which are looks, charisma, subtle self-awareness, and capitalizing on a moment. I do want to say that for me personally, because thirst is very personal, I think the first three are probably the most important. For someone to move from like, they're hot, objectively, like I see them and I'm like, "You're, you're a hot person, to... I will watch videos of your interviews for hours on end on YouTube. They can't feel too much like a celebrity. They can't feel too much like they're kind of in that weird glass case that really famous people get after being famous for too long. On some level, I have to be able to envision being able to talk to them for them to move comfortably into thirst object territory, which is why, like, to me... Brad Pitt is not an internet boyfriend. And controversially, Beyonce could not be an internet girlfriend for me because I could never have a conversation with her. I would cry. There's a level of attainability and accessibility that needs to exist to be the internet boyfriend or girlfriend or they friend type that, yeah, I mean, Beyonce and Brad, rightfully so, do not give us because we, again, like the Dylan girlies, would be running a literal muck. But (laughs) Mm -hmm, Dylan mm -hmm. O'Brien and Daniel Kaluuya, from here on out, known as the d's yeah i said it are great (laughs) at it listen i said it okay (laughs) the d's but i think that's what makes the whole capitalizing on a moment so important like there's a period in a celebrity's life where they're moving from i would say relative unknown where when you describe your thirst to someone else you're basically giving their entire imdb page to when they're like an undeniable star it's a period where they're at that kind of perfect balance of being famous enough to be ubiquitous but they're not like richer than god and sometimes that period is just a few years but sometimes it's most of their career I think someone who's been in that sweet spot for a hot minute is actually two someones, Jodie Turner-Smith and Joshua Jackson. Separately, Jodie's gorgeous, undeniable. And Joshua's cute, obviously. Pacey will forever live in a lot of people's heart. I didn't watch Dawson's Creek, don't come at me. But together, as a couple? Together? Together, they are 
unstoppable. They're just the perfect example because not only are they in that sweet spot, but they're also relationship goals. Like we all Mm -hmm. want to be them. There's this ad they did for J. Crew last Christmas season that lives rent free in my imagination because they're just so in love, but they're also so clearly hot for each other. They're also so aware of each other as like separate thirst objects. The way she tweets about Joshua Jackson, the way she's just like, yeah, my husband's hot as fuck. The way he looks at her, the way he (laughs) refers to her. I have zero clue how long they will be in this collective sweet spot. I think couples can actually stay in the sweet spot a bit longer than individuals can. Mm. But I'm along for the ride no matter how long it is. And I, I think that's kind of what makes thirsting online so fun. Inherently, I think we, as in you and me, Nadir, and I, I don't want to speak for anybody else. I think that we understand that this, as in like our attraction, as in this person or persons having these qualities we've outlined, we know this could stop at any moment. They could get too famous. They could decide rightfully to be more private. They could stop flirting on the red carpet. They could stop doing promo for whatever movie they're doing promo for. They could wear an I Love Taylor Swift shirt. They could say something stupid and offensive. There are so many things that just make thirst stop. Yeah, there's a lot that's good about internet thirst being fleeting. Sometimes it's, well, you know, this person could screw up or out themselves as someone I don't like, like you mentioned. And sometimes, as is the case for someone else that I'd absolutely risk it all for Dev Patel. (laughs) It's fleeting in the sense that they're truly just capitalizing on a moment when they're only in the public eye because they're promoting something or giving us content. You know it's going to be fun for a while and then it will be gone or it could be ruined and so you want it more. Mm -hmm. It makes it more addicting and more fun. Right and I wish we could talk about this forever but unfortunately I do think we now have to talk about when thirsting goes wrong. You know what I'm talking about. I unfortunately do. So let's pour one out to all the internet boyfriends and girlfriends and they friends that we've lost along the way. There's been too many. There's a graveyard somewhere. (laughs) There are just, there are so many ways that thirsting can go wrong. It can either be the fault of the thirst object in question, or it can just be the fault of the people thirsting. We are all fallible and never more so than we're horny. I will believe this for the rest of my life. In terms of thirst objects failing us, I must once again point to... Tom Hiddleston, because what he did was not offensive. It wasn't racist. It wasn't sexist. He didn't say anything bad. He was just cringe. And I can't look at him anymore without thinking about that fucking shirt. Unforgivable. Another one that we unfortunately have to say (laughs) goodbye to is one of my personal favorites, Nick Jonas, who lost a little bit of his luster when he became super, and by super, I mean super into his wife, which is all fine. Obviously, we just talked about Joshua Jackson, but it does. There are moments where it gets too much. There are moments. And with Nick Jonas being super into his wife also involves some cringy cultural appreciation posts and a certain not so great Indian prime minister attending their wedding. And so, yeah, yeah, let me just stop there. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, we could go on and on. And on, talking about the way celebrities have disappointed us in some way that was actually offensive. But honestly, this episode has been really fun so far, so I'm not going to do that. Just just insert hot person says terrible thing headline here, and you've got the gist of where thirst goes to die. So we're going to move on to the other place where thirst goes to die. And that's when the thirsters, we, the people, the proletariat, fuck up by being too much. The best example of this I can think of is the infamous beto sex tweet i must now read the beto sex tweet so that none of y'all ever do this 
Ojeda and Avenatti as candidates are like the guy who thinks good sex is pumping away while you're making a grocery list in your head, wondering when he'll be done. O'Rourke is like the guy who is all sweet and nerdy, but holds you down and makes you come into your calves cramped. Not only is this just a bad gross tweet, but it's also particularly violent in a way <laughs> that, not to kink shame, but does not seem enjoyable for anyone, like literally mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah, And it's mm-hmm. also very public and <laughs> about a very political figure. And it's also, also just, just gross. Is this what people were thinking when they were making their voting decisions? Political thirst in general is just bad. Stop thirsting over political candidates. That's not what they're there for. So... We know what not to do, but now we're going to tell you what to do. Think of this as like Internet Thirst 101. We're professors. We're wearing cute little tweed blazers. We have glasses on. We always have glasses on because we can't see. Nadira, what's your first rule of Internet Thirst? (laughs) I think my first rule in Internet Thirst is, if you're the thirst object yourself, to think carefully about what you want to uh, reveal and what you don't. Mm -hmm. And what sort of tone you want to take on when you do it. Are you going to be a cheeky thirster? Are you going to be the thirster who, like is pretending that they don't know that they're thirst trapping people. Mm-hmm. You know, how you're going to go about it, what your sort of modus operandi is going to be. However, <laughs> if you're thirsting for someone else, my first rule is to make sure that they're age appropriate and ideally not a scumbag. Mm-hmm. There's one group who cultivates, maintains, and even weaponizes, yes, weaponizes, <laughs> their thirst with a flawlessness we could only dream of. And that group is, of course, K-pop stands. So I'm not necessarily a K-pop stan myself. You know, I, I, I dabble, I dibble. But I'm an admirer of the fandom. Whenever there's a single trend about literally anything on Twitter, like it could be a big political decision, a spurting event, the downfall of a famous person, the first videos in that trend will always be K-pop fan camps because the devil mm-hmm. works hard, but the BTS army works harder. They are the most prolific creators, possibly the originators of fan cams, which are one of the most important pieces of thirst propaganda. The number of Joe Jonas and Dylan O'Brien fan cams I have saved, it could level (laughs) entire empires. Listen, there's a Malcolm X fan cam that I haven't stopped thinking about in a year. Uh, What? Rachel! (laughs) Brother Malcolm? What did we just say? Okay, okay, wait a minute. What did we just say about political figures? A, you cannot deny that Malcolm X was hot. I will hear nothing against that. And also, he's not a politician. Hotness is important to the revolution. How is we going to get people on board? Like, okay, come on. He, he wasn't not not political, you know, but okay, not yeah. wrong. <laughs> anyway, another thing K-pop stands do well is they're very particular and targeted about their thirst. A part of that is because the machine that makes K-pop stars is very particular and targeted about who can be a K-pop star. But mm-hmm. it's all above board and respectful. I mean... Listen, I'm sure there's a nasty corner of the army somewhere, but I haven't seen (laughs) it. And they all have one goal, to thirst after this K-pop star and let the world know that that's what they should be doing, too. At this point, Dr. Nadira, it seems like the primary rule of thirst engagements are be respectful. And yes, I will say telling someone to run you over with their car is considered respectful. I don't make the rules. I just document them. But basically, if you wouldn't be embarrassed to see the object of your affection read your tweet on one of those BuzzFeed thirst tweet videos, you're probably fine. Also, in Thirst and in Life, following up on this point, don't be a fucking creep. Like, I cannot stress highly enough we don't know these people. Parasocial, the word of the year, decade, century. And I've said it before, I'll probably say it again because I love repeating myself, parasocial relationships are not inherently bad. But it's important to remember that this person that you're thirsting after doesn't owe you shit. 
They don't owe you access to their life. They don't owe you information about their dating habits. They don't owe you engagement on any level. All they maybe owe you, and the maybe is really like bold phase, is the art that they are creating, the reason that they're famous. And even then, they can stop whenever they want. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a role that even goes beyond thirst and extends into general fandom and social awareness. But 100%, don't be an asshole. Wouldn't you want your fave celeb or thirst object to remember you well? All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. That is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a dissertation on thirst. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. Tell your friends about us. Tell your thirst objects about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us the people that you're thirsting after. Be respectful. You can also always send us your thirst objects at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of Audio. See you online. Or in a BuzzFeed Thirst Sweets video. Bitch, not the D's! We all know what we're here to do. We all know what we're the assignment was. An explicit rating on this podcast. I could only dream of being so influential. Oh my gosh.